Alrighty, gang. Welcome to Brolosophy. Philosophy through the eyes of an idiot. Um, so, <clears throat> today, we are sponsored by True Protein. So, if you guys want supplements for all your training needs, uh, True Protein are the place to go. So, you can head to trueprotein.com.au and check out their full range. So their full range includes all your different types of proteins, whey protein, vegan protein, weight loss protein, night protein, elite protein, collagen protein. Look, to be honest, they might have too much protein. Um, Also, they have performance-based blends, weight loss blends, meal replacement blends, post-workout fat burners, blah, blah, blah. Um, Mass gainers, they've got um, health foods like... um, superfood powders, nut butters, uh, MCT oils, all the good stuff. So no matter what you guys are trying to do for your training and wellness needs, um, if you're a weightlifter, if you're a figure model, if you're a keto kid, um, whatever you need, True Protein have got it for you. So that's really great. And they're a partner of ours and a long-time partner of ours. So if you want to support the show, then if you have supplement needs, then head on over to trueprotein.com.au, use the code BRO, and you will get 10% off. Also, we are brought to you today by Yeti. So Yeti guys, uh, I've lost my Yeti read um, about um, what Yeti are, but they're actually just, to simplify it, they're the best, <clears throat> to simplify it, they're the best premium outdoor brand uh, in the Australian marketplace. So they have multiple different uh, options for your coolers. So getting out into the wild, if you're going camping, if you're going fishing, if you're going um, just a weekend away, uh, you're having a barbecue with your, with your buds. They've got the Tundra, which is this massive um, epic cooler that's probably, it's probably you would have to say, the best cooler, um, you know, um, what would you call it? Esky in Australia, chili bin, chili bun, chili, chili bun in New Zealand. Um, Bugger if I know what they call it in other places. But <clears throat> they've got the best coolers uh, in the world, really. So um, here's some of the uh, here's some of the read. Born out of a frustration with coolers that cracked, caved, and gave up, Yeti set out to improve three main elements: durability, extended ice retention, and weather resistance. Um, so I've got my um, Yeti tumbler next to me here. Keeps my water and or coffee hot and or cool, which is great. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff, guys. So um, basically, why is Yeti worth it? Well, you get what you pay for, superior insulation. They're virtually indestructible and you get a five-year warranty on all hard coolers. So to learn more about Yeti, jump online at au.yeti.com forward slash bro. And don't look back. Alrighty. Lastly, guys, we are brought to you today by Athena. So what is Athena? Athena is an online freelancer marketplace, guys. So basically what we do is we find the most talented freelancers all around the world and we align them with our clients to work inside of their business. So if you're a business owner, for example, and you have... Let's use, let's use a, a worked example here. So Say you're a business owner and you have 40 hours in your week and it's you and a small team and so on and so forth. Um, if you've got 40 hours in your week and you split those ta- uh, that time into tasks, so you've got your real top priority tasks 
15 hours a week, that's sales, marketing, or retention, um, whatever that might be. Then you've got, say, 10 hours of in-between, middle, middle grade tasks, stuff that's not the absolute needle movers, but stuff that still needs to be done. And then you've got 15 hours of absolute rubbish tasks, low value tasks. I shouldn't say it like that. Um, but tasks that need to be done, but don't need to be done by the most experienced, you know, the most um, trusted uh, members of the team. So that might be some sort of um, research, data entry, um, reconciling the books, chasing failed payments. All these tasks is, exist inside of every business. And the whole idea is to get a really highly qualified, motivated, overqualified really, um, you know, uh, squire to come in and help you in your business to take those 15 hours of you know low value tasks turn them into maybe two hours of management or an hour of management per week and then give you 13 or 14 hours to focus on the high value stuff so it's more sales marketing retention partnerships product development whatever it is that's how business really should work guys you should be building a team around you in order for you to concentrate on the most important things as the entrepreneur or the business owner or the leader or whatever you want to call yourself um, and making sure that the, the low end stuff gets taken by um, taken off your plate by somebody who can um, yeah help you do your best work. So if you're in a position where you need some administrative help, if you're in a position where you need some, um, some, some content marketing help, some, some media help, some SEO, um, whatever it is, we can help you. We can find whoever you're looking for. So to make an inquiry, head to athena.co um, or uh, and you'll get 20 hours free if you use the code BRO when you in the in the inquiry box. Um, also, you can also email me directly if you have any questions at doc, D-O-C, at athena.co and that's A-T-H-Y-N-A. And that's it. So here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Anyway, um, welcome to the show, Jack DeLue. Thanks for coming on board. Uh, thank you. Thanks. Cool. cool. So, yeah, we're here with Jack DeLue, a, a um, good friend of mine from, uh, from, from the gym that I work at and, a, and an interesting guy. So, Jack. Um, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your history? Where are you from? Like, who is Jack Delu? Who's Jack Delu? Yeah. Um, well, it's it, well. Uh, my long history is you know I come from Adelaide, mm-hmm. so I don't hold that against me. Well, yeah, it's but a bad start. That's, that's a bad start. We'll take that bit out. We'll take that bit out later. <laughs> but uh, no, I've been in Melbourne about 12, 12 years. Oh no, a bit longer than that. Fifteen years, and. Um, 
I've been in banking for a long time. I was mm-hmm. I'm originally an accountant, uh, went into risk management during the GFC. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would be a good time to get into risk, <laughs> yeah. which it was. I learned a lot of, out of that. Yeah. Um, and the last few years, I've been really moving out of that into um, consulting and particularly into well-being and leadership. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of work in leadership and well-being, um, which has been an interest of mine. And as I got older... I probably was less interested in the technical stuff, more interested in people Mm -hmm. and also my own experience with um, probably burnout and big corporate Mm -hmm. uh, and how that felt and thinking, oh, actually it doesn't need to be like that because I did my own research and had to, you know, fix myself as opposed to, I probably could have gone to a doctor or someone to help, Mm -hmm. but But they probably wouldn't have fixed you. They might not have (laughs) fixed me anyway and uh, I did my own work. And then since then, people are going to ask me about it. Um, and then I thought, actually, there's a gap in the market here. Mm. And uh, I think I've got something to offer. And, and that's what I've been doing. You know, my wife's a, a very senior executive in an ASX mm-hmm. top 50 company. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, it's always hard to know if they're top 50 or top 100 because the market keeps moving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, she's, she's very... Fancy company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And... Um, she travels a lot and she's kind of a good example of someone who, who probably suffers some of the, the things at, at, you know, the pace yeah, that right. they go under. Um, but she's, you know, a super capable person, so mm. it doesn't really bother her much. Yep. Um, we've got two kids, so we've got a, a daughter who's just going through her uh, year 12 exams right now. Cool. She's kind of feeling the stress, but she's yeah. very, she's a bit like me, she's probably super relaxed and yeah, you're pretty calm chill, <laughs> so it's hard to know on the inside what's going <laughs> yeah, on but yeah. she she seems you know got a good facade at least. super prepared right <laughs> oh, and cool. i got a nine-year-old boy who's uh who's just like full you know a lot of energy he's nothing like me he's got much more you know out there and yeah right extroverted cool cool all right no worries so what brought you to melbourne in the first place uh banking yep yeah you so got a roll over here yeah yeah i was i i was working in uh, the public sector in in uh, South Australia. I was a chief finance officer at WorkCover there for a while. Yep. And then I thought, you know what, I want to go into banking. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really know. It sounds like sexy, but this is a long time. You know, banking was pretty sexy back then. Yeah, it wasn't really. <laughs> there Jesus, weren't people. Time. <laughs> people weren't kind of, you know, just dismissing it all the time. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it was a great move. And, you know, it was a really interesting Really interesting company to work for. I did so many different things there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, worked with some super leaders, mm-hmm. which is where I learned a lot about my own leadership skills. But, you know, how really, you know, I top A grade leaders operate. Mm-hmm. And was really, really interesting. But it was a real big difference from being in the public sector. Yeah, for sure. Because public sector was all about, you know, what can we do for other people? Mm-hmm. And the private sector was... What can we do for ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to explain. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. So it's, you know, that's that's just different. Mm-hmm. So it's not good or bad. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, had its had its own advantages because mm-hmm. for once, I only had to focus on one thing, mm-hmm. which is how to make as much money for the shareholders as possible. Yeah. Whereas in the public sector, we had you know worked in a business that had a nine stakeholder board, mm-hmm. and effectively nobody was ever happy. Ever, yep, <laughs> and that was quite stressful. Yeah, uh, but in a different way. Okay, cool. So, how long did you spend basically from um, starting your career to you know how long did you spend in that corporate world? Would you say? Ah, oh, well, you know, I was give my, my age away. Probably about twenty-five years. Twenty-five years. Twenty-five. Yeah, yep. twenty. Twenty-five to twenty-eight years. Yeah, 
um, doing different things. Yeah. Yeah, and then what? So, and then what was the catalyst to actually? Um, I know you might have briefly mentioned it in your, in your you know, introduction mm. to yourself, but what was the catalyst to, to go on? All right, cool. You know, I see that there's a market here. I, I want to get out and I want to do my own thing and I want to help people in, you know, whether it be. We obviously started getting to know each other and talking heavily, mm. which was around leadership, which leadership, I'm very, yep. um, I'm obsessed by, to be perfectly honest, because yep. I'm in that role. Yeah. Um, and, and then obviously the wellness stuff. But like, what, what was the catalyst to have you, you know, make that move and, and try and help other people rather than stay in the, you know, well, yeah, two two things. One is, um, I think in the corporate world, one of my great strengths, other than just the technical, was actually leading teams. Mm-hmm. And quite often I'd been given teams that probably weren't functioning to their best mm-hmm. and really working with them, mm-hmm. um, getting them really engaged and really using the skills in the team. Because mm-hmm. I always believe that people have got you know, far more potential than they even believe in. Yeah. And and that kind of thought was just always stretching everybody mm-hmm. um, and myself. And I always love working with people who want to keep stretching me as well. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that leadership aspect. Learned a lot about how to do leadership because mm-hmm. I was a bit like you. I was obsessed with it because I knew that that was the kind of key to, to success mm. really. Yeah. Working with people and working through people. Yeah. And... Um, so I spent a lot of time learning about that and understanding that and, you know, reading it, talking to leaders, mm-hmm. of what they do, and then, you know, using, you know, probably some of my teams are probably guinea pigs on a few mm-hmm. few expeditions about yeah, yeah. what different things we were For doing. Sure. Um, but then I had a, um, I had a real burnout in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and... and uh, so a lot of people talk about burnout, but I had a, for me it was really quite terrible because I had started to lose my memory. Really? Yeah. So oh, it was right. really bad. So it was, cool. and I had a I had a role that was really reliant on people would walk up and say, Jack, you know how much lending have we got in yeah. home loans in Victoria? Yep. And you go, oh. and I used to be able. Go, to, Where's Victoria? And I used to just be able. To, I used to just be able to go. <laughs> oh, we've got this. We got that. We got yeah. that. And then I was like, oh. I'm not actually sure anymore. And so that's really quite confidence destroying. Oh, yeah. And um, had a quite a reasonable profile role at different times of the year. So particularly in the annual reporting cycle. Yep. I would sit with the, um, you know, CFO and that. And, and, and it's, you know, you could see people starting to look at me and like, yeah. oh, what's going on? So that was terrible. And so that was from because I've been in that position before where I, I yeah. feel like when I'm really anxious, I get anxious yeah. and, stre- and stressed and depressive bits and pieces, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I've often said that, and I think studies have shown, I saw an article about it um, just the other day on short term memory loss through yeah. anxiety. And because I, 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 feel, I feel like I remember my brother and I were driving through the United States and we were driving from LA to Las Vegas yep. and doing this road trip. We're driving past all this really cool stuff, and there was a funny bit of graffiti on a street sign or on a, on a mural uh, yeah. and I uh, I don't remember what it was and I don't I didn't pick up what it was so so yeah. basically my brother goes oh look at that bro and pointed over and I I was like what where because I was at this point in time I was so unfathomably anxious and stressed yeah. and my brother looked at me and he was like what? what's Are the you matter right, you're kind of more in your head than oh, anywhere I, else I couldn't he, he pointed to a sign, a funny sign. And yeah. obviously right now I'd be like, oh, that's great. You know, but I, and I, I swear like my IQ drops 20, 30 points when I'm in that. Yeah. Mode, you know, no, not, not so much a, memory, but IQ, my brain is just, yeah, it's, it's, it's overworked. It's harder because you got that, um, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's that, you know, fight, flight, 
or freeze. Yeah. And a lot of people just freeze, yeah. which is the reduction in IQ. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, and people don't talk about the freeze. The freeze. No, the freeze everyone talks about much. fight or flight. Yeah. But there's a lot of freeze goes on. Because yeah. if you think about corporate environments and working well, you know, if you, in, you know, whatever you're doing really, but particularly in corporate environments, you're sitting around a table and if you're feeling like you actually want to get out of there, yeah. um, the only thing you can do then is freeze. Yeah. And you you can actually see people do that around the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at this, oh, time, you know, I was shit. talking about that time, that was kind of like me. I would be, uh, my my wife always says, my best offense is a good defense. Yep. Or my best defense is a good offense. Yes, yes. Which I really go, if I'm cornered, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I wouldn't pick you for that. <laughs> no, that's right. Just, you know, so maybe in an understated way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, how many I, lines have we got in Victoria at the moment, uh, Jack? How many fucking lines have you got in Victoria, mate? <laughs> Something like that. No, it's probably more like, uh, what, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, why don't you tell me? You what, don't know you know? Yeah, Shouldn't you know right. this? So like, well, hang, hang on. <laughs> Shifting the blame. It's real, a real buck passer. That's right, yeah. It's corporate Australia. No, yeah. um, but that would be one of my, and, but I would get the more freeze and that yeah. would be inappropriate for the time. And oh, that was interesting, but it is a... Um, there was a lot of stuff going on for me personally and professionally at the time. Yeah. And I think it just got wore me down. And, yeah. uh, you know, there are there long hours and there's lots of stress in those roles. Um, yeah. And so that, that kind of got me to how do I fix that? Yeah. <clears throat> and I think I was a little bit embarrassed to actually go and ask someone for help. Yeah. And so I do what I normally do. I go read up on it. Yep. And look up stuff and yep. try and then try stuff out. I go, well, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try. Oh, maybe I can meditate. I'll try that. Really? And I'll, really? you know, I should sleep more. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'll just go sleep more. Yeah. And, or, you know, sleep in a better way. And, uh, oh. With your eyes closed. Yeah, with your eyes closed. <laughs> you know. I've been fucking staring at the ceiling this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, not reading my email from work just before I'm about to oh, go to sleep. Yeah, for sure. And go, because there's always something terrible. Yeah. yeah but nothing you could do anything about it. And blue light. That's right. And yeah. the blue lights yeah. and all that stuff. And I just kind of started working on that. And um, then kind of the food I was eating and then kind of changing changing yeah. that. And yeah. that, that, over time, that made a, a difference. And... Um, I kind of was getting to the end of my corporate career anyway. Yeah. Because I was getting to the, I don't, you know, do I, do I want to keep doing this or do yeah. I want something else? And I really got to that. And uh, I thought, you know, the one area which I really love um, is helping people. Because I think one of the things I always did was really good getting the most out of everyone. Yep. I think, well, could I pass some of this on? Um, I see people doing well-being stuff, but I don't think they're doing it in the way that I want to do it, mm-hmm. which is all about performance. Because yep. at the end of the day, it wasn't about just feeling good for the sake of feeling good, mm-hmm. which is a good end, I yep. guess. Um, but it was about really more a sports view. Yeah. Well, we're going to have be well. We're going to keep our team well, but we're going to do that because we want to we want to be win the premiership. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> like right. a sports psychologist for business, like a business that's right. psychologist. In so a, it was in the, it was that view, and that's the view that I'm really working <clears throat> on is like how do we get better at what we do, mm. as opposed to just you know bean bags and uh, fruit boxes at the front you know yeah, front counter for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, right. That's interesting. We're very similarly aligned, Jack. I reckon I, I'm very very similar to you where I. I find something that I want to improve on and I, and I go and read seven books about it and yep. be, become a human guinea pig and, and I really love it. It's yeah. great, you know, and I know things that work for me and I know things that don't work so, so well and, you know, things that work for me is sleep, I believe, is huge for me above meditation and above, 
yep. you know, exercise and, and, but, and the other thing that's big for, I, I, I think big for me is being around people. You know, I know the things that work for me through, I, yeah. I think, I think I know. Things yeah. will change and I might be wrong, but, but I, I, yeah, I'm a very much a human guinea pig, um, you know, doing yeah. um, t- testing tests on myself, running tests on myself. I think it's great. Yeah. So, so, okay, cool. So, um, <clears throat> and then as far as, as far as all this stuff goes in, in relation to um, wellness and, and, and leadership and getting the most out of teams and so forth, where did it start? So you leave, you leave the corporate world and you're like, oh, yeah, what do I do now? now? What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I kind of had a halfway house for a little while. Yeah. So I went to work for a, a PwC, one of the big consulting houses. Yep. And I did some work. That's a halfway house. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I was working part-time and I was... Continuing to do work on risk and banking. Yep. And then in the meantime, I was really building up what my offering was mm-hmm. in the leadership well-being space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for probably 18 months to two, two years. Mm-hmm. And then I, at the end of last year, I really cut my ties with that and said, well, I'm going to not do that anymore. Um, which I really kind of, I really love the organization, but they don't quite do that type of leadership well-being stuff. Yep. That's not their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, I'll just start going out on my own mm-hmm. and uh, start building up programs and doing coaching. So we've run a couple of workshops this year mm-hmm. um, around how to, how to um, really improve uh, your nutrition and some of your mindset mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. Um, around being just a better performer and a better leader. Yep. Um, and then... Um, really talking to a few companies at the moment just around how do we get a kind of broader well-being performance program in place. Yep. Um, and I think there's a lot of interest in this area because I think yeah, companies sure. do know through their engagement and other surveys <laughs> that their people are, you know... Disengaged. Dis- well, Un- disengaged unhappy. and yeah. struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about relationships. It's a really funny thing. We We... We work in a lot of people work in big organisations with people around them in pods and mm. etc. and feel isolated. Yeah, because they're just not engaging. It's wild, isn't it? Um, sometimes we've I think we've learnt we haven't we've kind of unlearnt those skills of engagement anyway because yeah. we're kind of texting. Yeah. and instant messaging, but that's not the same as engaging. Yeah, that's right, hundred yeah. um, percent. I think that's interesting because <clears throat> last night uh, I think there's a huge market for it. Like you said, last night I went to a um, talk by the um, head of growth at Koala. Yep. mattresses so they went from you know a little bit of investment early days to now 150 million dollars in revenue uh, yep. per year um and it, tim has since um since moved on to um start his own venture based venture venture capital based like a uh, brand building company long, long story but anyway yep. what one of the things that he talked about is he talked about the fact that he's basically just a weapon content creator and digital marketer Right. So, so the way that Koala won is they built a brand and they were better marketers than anyone else. They built a brand that people can love yep. and they, through crazy data, yep. um, they, were, they were able to create consistent, um, consistently viral advertising campaigns. Yep. So, and the thing... <coughs> excuse me. One of the things that Tim talked about was he said, someone asked like, how has the, how has the market changed in the last three years in, yep. t- in terms of like digital advertising? And he's like, look, it costs us... 40% more to, to get a customer through Facebook or through Google and so forth. So what we've had to do is we've had to up our lifetime value. So now we create, you know, we, have, we sell couches and chairs and all this other yep. bits and pieces. So cool, no worries. But the thing is, and what made me think of this 
specifically from last night, from what you said was, it's getting, it's always in business, particularly in, you know, the digital realm when everyone's acquiring a customer through online channels. Yep. It's consistently getting harder and harder and harder to make a buck. Yeah. You know, Facebook Absolutely. is, people yeah, yeah. have priced out of Facebook advertising these days. Google is quite difficult. You have to be, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good on Google. If, you know, you can build your own long form stuff, your SEO or whatever. But one thing that companies can do, which is, I think, which is hopefully where everything is going, is you don't have to create, you know, a crazy advertising campaign you don't have to spend a shitload of money on you know facebook you don't have to build this and that and the other you just have to have a happier team yeah you know true it's going to perform perform better yeah with your the resources and the expenses and so forth in, inside of your company yep. if you can get a three percent increase in productivity through ten percent you know better general wellness across the board of your of your team then you win there yeah, yeah. you know and i think yep. because people are a bit unhappy day to day i think over over across the board like you know, the whole Monday-itis shouldn't be a thing. It should be, geez, I'm stoked. I get to go to work today. Yeah, you know? get like, to go do stuff. Ideally, that yeah. would be great, but that's not the position we're in. But no. hopefully, with what you're talking about and, and you know, a bit of a push towards this, um, yeah, general yeah. wellness, in, in yeah. spe- specifically in corporate, hopefully it's, you know, a new way going forward um, that, yeah, can, we can improve our day-to-day wellness. I bit went on a bit of a round yeah. circles there. No, no, that's I think right. you get my point. No, no, I, I do get your point. And I think that's right. I think people are looking because you know happiness and well-being is not an outcome on its own Mm -hmm. right so if you think about how how do people really perform at a high level well well-being is important Mm -hmm. but then you say when you unpack well-being there are lots of aspects to it yeah and the purpose of being well is that you've got enough resources to meet the challenges you've got available or you've got presented to you yeah right so the more challenges we've got you know we tend to build our resources over time mm-hmm. um but you know it's like uh, if you learn you know doing a marathon you know you you don't just go day one and run run the marathon yeah you build up over a number of months or weeks depending on where you're at where you start at mm-hmm. and that's really about building your resilience through yep. a, a kind of s- structured process but if you unpack well-being you know you start to think about things like well what are the relationships people have at work and outside of work, but you know, generally God, there is a work focus. And are they having strong relationships? Are leaders having good relationships with their people, or are they just very transactional? Yeah. If they're transactional, then you're going to get Mondayitis and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then I think you know, what, what do people come to work with a certain level of vitality? So are they looking after themselves in a way um, that's going to give them energy and mm-hmm. take them, sustain them through what can be some pretty tough long days yeah right and we're not they don't need to be you know at the elite athlete level kind of nutrition or or, yeah. or you know um fitness but there is something about it because people work kind of 40 50 60 plus hours and they need to to Too be much. prepared for that right yeah <clears throat> and then i think um the one and you and i spoke this about this concept of purpose mm. and having a purpose and then I think one of the things that really is causing people a lot of grief at the moment is uh, this concept of purpose because it's been built out to be my purpose has got to be that I'm going to find... Eradicating world hunger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. world peace. Yeah. Or even worse, in I think it will, is I'm going to identify the next unicorn and I'm going to retire and yeah. I'm going to have, you know, someone's going to buy it out for a billion dollars. Yeah. And if I can't do that, then... There must be something wrong with me. Yeah, you know, as I think there's that there's a lot of that going on. Or yeah. if I'm not, if I'm not, you know, substantially promoted in the next two years, 
starting as a grad, then there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. Or, I'm, or I'm in the wrong company. Or, yeah. And But I think a combination of those things really throws people out and yeah. understanding that a little bit and understanding themselves a little bit in that. Yeah. Realm. Yeah. Setting. Well. Well. For, for for the people listening, and Jack made mention of the conversation we had. It was um, <clears throat> it was around the fact because uh, I was telling you that one of my friends had come to me. He was in a in a uh, having a tough tough run, and he said that he'd been reading all these books on on um, you know life and self development and so forth. And and one of the things was I have no purpose. I can't find my purpose. Yeah. And <clears throat> and my point, I guess, was that um, he's probably looking at it in the way that you're talking about. He's looking at like, mm. oh my God, am I going to be able to walk on water and, you know, That's like, right. you yep. know. So, and, but, and that I think we can't sell that because there's a lot of people in this life that aren't, you know, aren't given things on a silver, you know, silver yeah. platter. That's right. And, and a lot of people come up through, through, you know, culture and society where they're up against pretty much everything. And, and we've got to have a way for those people to be happy. And, yeah. But I liked what you said, which is building a right, a realistic purpose, and it doesn't have to be something that's, you know, that's otherworldly right. and gonna, and gonna, you know, be a crazy. Yeah. But so, yeah, I think there's there's a real <clears throat> need to find purpose, but yeah, there's a real need to to not sell it the Instagram way, the the, the YouTube way, where it's just you know the 15 mm. minutes of, oh, sorry, the um, 15 second clips of your, you know. Celebrities and and, that's and right. incredible entrepreneurs it's and sports people. Fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, that's spread right. out over a you know yeah bunch of fifteen second yeah yeah into, and whether you're not really you know is that really creating a purpose anyway? Mm. It would be you know I kind of think about the old you know if I think about the I'm going to say the old days but if I think about my parents and that I mean purpose was quite simple for them mm-hmm. which was. Um, yeah, my parents emigrated after the Second World War to Australia from from Europe. Yep. And Whereabouts? Because I was going to ask that. At so some yeah, point. so they came from the Netherlands. Yeah, thought yeah. so. Yeah. And they really came with not much because mm-hmm. they didn't really have much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my dad's first goal was well, I'm going to make enough money to to live and buy a house, and mm-hmm. then he started a business, and then his goal was going to be. Well, I can, you know, they were digging drains by hand back in the 1950s. Yep. And then I'm, I'm going to buy a machine. And then, when I, so he didn't, and he ended up with quite a large business that yep. was quite sustainable and employed quite a few people. But he never started with that. Yeah. Like he didn't get my purposes. I'm going to build, you know, this yeah. f- relatively from zero to something, a large organization. I'm going to put a roof over my, my head. Yeah, that's right. Head. And there's a book, um, <clears throat> Peak Performance, which talks a lot about that, the science of peak performance, which is mm-hmm. sometimes people don't are looking for purpose and passion nowadays, mm-hmm. but some of the science around it is actually if you do something, you find out whether it connects with you and you, you gain interest in it. Yep. Um, and that way, over time, people actually build purpose because mm-hmm. they get more and more invested in it and they get more interested in it and then I go, oh, and I want to read the seven books on it and I want to mm-hmm. do this and I want to do that and I want to go to the seminar and I do... And before you know it, I want to start talking to people about it and then you generally create a much bigger you know, incentive for yourself to get better at it and get that you know, real, I guess, passion and purpose yeah, for something. Drive, yeah, drives you out a bit. There's a lot of examples of that. Um, but you know, most of us don't. I mean, even Amazon, if you look at those early days of... Um, Mm. you know amazon there of the you know the desk 
Yeah, yeah, with and the Amazon that, scribbled in. Scribbled that's right. In crayola and <laughs> you know, a, and a so in the background. Jeff Bezos had a view, but you know, <clears throat> did he think he was going to get to where he is today? <clears throat> yeah. Hard to know. Yeah, no, that's right. Well, he just wanted to sell a shitload of books and make a bunch of money, I reckon. That's right. There's much purpose there. So there's something in this internet thing, (laughs) and I'm going to find out what it is, but what, you know, and and over time it just keeps morphing. Yeah, no, that's right. So I want to talk to you about, (coughs) excuse me, I can't stop clearing my throat. I want to talk to you about leadership because, um, yeah, the reason why why I'm really passionate about it, I'll talk to you about, you know, my my reasoning behind it. (coughs) So... I'm the CEO, co-founder and CEO of Athena, so I'm obviously sit sit at the top, and yep. and my the way that the fish rots from the head, and the converse of that is I don't know, but you know you want to whatever happens at the top is gonna gonna filter through. So yep. I think my day to day really actually does you know affect the people that work in the team, and we have 12 people now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so for me, <clears throat> I spoke to Drew and Mads the other day. Um, I spoke to Drew and Mads, my partners around Athena, and I said. <laughs> one of the things that we talked about brand why and impact and I said we spent about an hour on it and I led this discussion and I said look one of the things that I want us to really have a crack at and, and draw a line in the sand is we can't really control if we're going to be the most successful company in our field you know if we're going to mm. be huge a billion dollar company you know yep. wildly successful financially what we do have really great control over is trying to become the greatest place on the planet to work Yep. you know pr- provide the greatest lifestyle <clears throat> yeah. to our to our people and to ourselves yep. and um and that's what you know I, I really want to try and do and i feel like that'll be a better legacy than if we were to sell for 10 billion dollars because i don't care about that you know i care yeah. that people people undersell the you know the amazing feeling that you get from helping others and making other people happy but i don't mm. undersell i i live and die by it because yeah. I had that with my, my past company and that's what kept me going but so I'm obsessed with it but so for you so when you talk about leadership and the things that you've learned and, and you know how to be a good leader in a corporate environment or any environment yeah, yeah. like you can start anywhere because this is a very broad question but yeah, you yeah. know how do you become a good leader what is what's, great leadership what's the kind of essentials of a good leader yeah yeah there's a you know there are lots of <clears throat> you could start almost anywhere I think um I, you know what I think one of the great strengths are is one, yeah, understanding your people. Yeah. And for me, looking at the potential of the people, not not what they are today or who they think they are today, mm-hmm. but where they could go. Mm-hmm. And any time I've sat with a team, I've really listened to people and looked at. So oh, that's where you, that's you know you've got all these things. Where could you go? And then. On top of that, I always do have a view about where where could we go? So where could we take take this? And mm-hmm. there's a great book, The Leadership Challenge, and one of the it's got five kind of elements. And one of the the key elements to me in that is, you know, presenting a view or a vision um, to your people. Mm-hmm. And that's really just a storytelling. We talk about stories, but yeah. it's really storytelling to your people about where where we are today and where we want to be Mm -hmm. so that and so what are the key aspects and who we are and Mm -hmm. that kind of creates the culture but i think um for me understanding efforts too many i i think too many leaders come in transactionally and go we got all these things to deliver and uh, bill this is your kpi Mm-hmm. And Mary, this is your KPI. And Fred, that's your KPI. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to come back in six months' time, and make sure you've got them. Mm-hmm. So off you go. Mm-hmm. 
And is so where's the kind of support and engagement and mm-hmm. um, you know where where is that? And I think you always got to back back your people mm-hmm. on that. And then KPIs are not a vision. Yeah, it's a metric. Yeah, like so, and you need the metrics. I hate KPIs. Well, you need some metrics because you just kind of keep wanting to know how do we stretch ourselves and where do we want to go. Mm. The question is, are they? Um, you know, if you don't get them, what does that really mean? And what if you set them low? Well, if you set them low, then everyone's just going to hang around. Yeah, and yeah. This is why that's that's two of the reasons I don't, I, I'm not. I've hardly ever seen anyone set them too low. Yeah, because we got you know it's the Tony Robbins thing about. You know, most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five. Mm-hmm. That's how KPIs are set too. Yeah. Like, okay, we've got a five-year plan. And if you look at most people's rolled out five-year plan, this you know, goes for big corporates often as well. Mm-hmm. There is so much stacked in the first two years. Yeah. You go, well, that's never going to get done. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people know that's not going to get done because it's just, you know, it, it, there's too many bottlenecks to get it done. Yeah. But if you think about what you could do over five... And you keep pushing that through mm. and kind of relentlessly pursuing that. I think that's a really important, yeah. important element. Yeah. yeah. I've hardly ever seen anyone under underset their KPIs. Yeah, well, for sure. You don't, <laughs> but you don't, you, you don't want to. But I mean, I, I just don't like arbitrary numbers. And I think a lot of the time KPIs are you know, somewhat arbitrary. But I don't know much about business also. So, you know, <laughs> let's just get that I, I think clear. you're understating your... Uh... <laughs> um, but um, yeah, cool. And then, so from a leadership perspective, so um, for us, it's interesting. So I'm just going to continue to pull it back and, and talk from what I know, which is yeah, the, yeah. the companies that I've that I've built and worked in. And and a lot of well, one of the things that I dislike about us as a company is I work by we have 12 people and I love them all and I work by myself all day every day. Yeah. So morale for me, I, I'm I'm pretty self motivating and and so forth. And but. Yeah, in this day and age in the world we live in, like we don't, with Athena, we don't need to build an Australian-based team. We can be as big as we want and have everyone fully virtual. I totally believe that. We're growing really, really fast. Yep. 12 people in 10 different cities. Yep. Um, But I want a team around me just so I can hang out with people. Yeah, yeah, hang out with them. Genuine. Well, this is the relationship thing. Yeah, that's right. And you identified before that relationships were important to you. Yeah, that's right, 100%. And I, because I I said to someone last night, you know, people at the Commons are where where I used to work. I work from here now, this this office here. I'll probably go back to a co-work. But, you know, I just sit on my laptop and have my headphones in and people wouldn't think that I've got a a, a thriving team around me and so forth, but I do. But I don't get to spend time with them. So I often feel a little isolated in the Commons, you know, even though I'm filled with a room of 300 people at all times. Um, so, but but getting um, morale across for our team is, yep. is quite challenging. So anytime we have an online meeting, you know, we'll, we'll um, I'll often start on time and then let it play out for a little while just to get yep. a, few, a, a bit extra, you know, bantering across the board yep. and so yep. forth because we don't have that in, in line. But, but online or offline or whatever the team may be, like how do you think creating that culture is best... Um, yeah, what what are the key elements to creating a culture where people are happy at work and people want to come in and they've got morale and, and camaraderie and all that good stuff that you want? Uh, I think, well, if you think about your comment, um, you said you'd like Athena to be a good place to work. Yeah. People want to work there. Mm-hmm. So then if you thought about that, you know, what are the elements to, to making that happen? So what would that look like to you? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, I'm asking you. Um, one of the things is trust. Yep. 
So tr- yeah. making our teammates feel like we trust them, yeah. which leads into autonomy. Yep. Um, I think people don't like people looking over their shoulders. They like feeling like they're achieving their work on their own and they've got you know yep. the elements to put their stamp on things. Um, empathy from those above them. Yeah. I think one of the only th- and, and towards each other and towards each other. Yeah. Yep. One of the one of the things that I didn't know that I'm good at, but if if there are things leadership wise I'm good at, empathy is definitely one of them. I'm yep. quite empathetic. Um, too much so in the real world, I think. I'm highly emotional to other people's feelings. Yeah. Um, I keep making this about me, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, obviously vision and why yeah. I think is important. You know, yeah. like yeah. when we onboard somebody, the first thing that we talk about is we do a brand discovery call and we talk about the whole story of why we came up with the, why is our hashtag give back life and what does that mean you know yeah. like why do we actually exist what's that mean yeah. i mean we exist to make money yeah. but there's lots of ways to make money yeah that's and I right to make money making a good impact so yeah so we try and make sure that people are bought into the vision um what i try and do is i don't know if this is uh, how i would explain it but we have a fortnightly meeting which is a i suppose is good for buy-in so i take people through full uh, a full a full rundown of our finances, our goals, our... We do goals, announcements, and projects, but we take them through the full finances so they're, they're, they're tied into our yep. how we're going and so forth. And right. it also is getting everyone a lot more financially literate. Yep. Um, yep. That's a good thing. Don't know. So, yeah. So, you've got trust, accountability, empathy... Autonomy. Autonomy, autonomy sorry. Yeah. Uh, empathy, vision. But This is all just stuff that's coming to mind. But yeah, yeah. Though, so, but if you think about that, you... So some of these things are actions, right? So getting buy-in, et cetera, are mm-hmm. just activities. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily create the good place yep. to work. They are part of the tools that you're using. But I think you've got, you know, the vision, empathy, autonomy, trust, and probably autonomy needs empowerment. Yes. Is the kind of thing there. To mm-hmm. People need to feel empowered to yes. have autonomy because I've seen people given autonomy but no empowerment. Yes. And that makes it uh, quite difficult because you need yeah. to know where the boundaries are and so an example of that would be hey jack <laughs> i'm gonna go and let you create this project it's all yours have a great day. and then constantly being looked over the shoulder and this is not right How, why did you do this well you That's come back that. in three months and you go well it's not exactly what i wanted yeah yeah. because yeah. you haven't defined some of the boundaries yes to, yeah. to empower them yeah because you go you need to have those points where i oh, know i need to go see bill about this bit mm-hmm. but i've got all this bit Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I need some decisions. So Bill, I've got these three options. and You know, so that type of discussion. Yep. But knowing when to have that. Um, yep. And then I think the other one that you, you I think is important to you, which you haven't necessarily built in there specifically, is, um, you know, e- engagement and relationship, mm-hmm. right? So I think you, you want your team to be engaged and relate to each other. Um, is what I kind of hear. Now, the reason I asked you that question is not to avoid answering the original question. No, that's right. Was to say that list is probably pretty similar to, to most teams. Oh, that's if, good. Because if you think about it... I was just it, making it up as a guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you think about what... what <laughs> I'm at the so pub here. If you think about... <laughs> saying all these words I've read in books. Trust, autonomy. Yeah, trust, um, yeah. Empower, you know. Yeah. Passion. You know. Yeah. yeah, this is all bullshit. Accountability, <laughs> that's right. No. Um, but if you think about it, So if you thought about... Places that you worked that were great, mm. you had a, a really a, you had high trust between and with between peers and mm-hmm. colleagues and the you know your leaders. Um, your leaders probably had a high level of empathy, but and that would be bounded though mm-hmm. in terms of well we're still here to perform yeah right so we're not 
but if there's really a situation, is that leader going to back you? Like I know, so you've had a, you know, something's happened and they really need to give you some time. And so, so those types of things. And then good empowerment, but also, you know, we're driving towards something. Yeah. I think you need to give people driving towards something mm-hmm. to make them more engaged than they are today. Because mm-hmm. otherwise the risk is they just do the intro because mm-hmm. that's that's the stuff that's really important. It's like the you know the old Steve Co- um, Covey thing around um, you know urgent and important. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll do I'll do what's urgent. Yeah, but that may actually not be the imp- most important thing because mm. the not the not urgent but important. Obviously, generally, we just keep leaving behind. Yeah, but you want to give people a bit of a view of that, and the only people that can give vision are the leaders. Mm. now they're not the only people that create it because when you've got a team that starts bonding and gelling you've got to then start listening because mm. there are going to be people who have got really great ideas about yeah, it 100%. and you go oh wow we could really wow that's awesome we can start brain mm. and that's why you know people do have leadership you know off-sites and meet i know you don't like meetings but that's why they do have planning days and things because yeah. you never know what's going to come out of that Oh right? yeah, no. And you sure. want to get some of that insight from your own people about that, and that yeah. that's about that is about trust, and that is about empowerment, and yeah. stuff like that. Right? No, you're right. So if you think about putting all those things together, that's what makes great teams. Right? Yeah, no, for sure. And no, I totally agree on the meeting thing. I I don't like you know small week to week, you know. Um, yeah, we we meet weekly, but but I really love like we call it a mastermind. Yeah, where we sit down and we have an hour dedicated to open yep. discussion, an hour dedicated, you know, over the course of a day, an hour dedicated to. We did one two weeks ago, brand, why, and vision, um, financial stuff for for an hour. Um, our uh, outreach department, which is a part of the company we're really focusing on, our niche and our product. They were yep. like mainly what they were, you know, product mm. and, and and retention and all that stuff. Yeah, How yeah. do we make things better? Um, and yeah, sitting down and having an hour to dive in, I love doing that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't really like the the meeting for meeting sake with everybody for with no real purpose, which I think can be no, 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 overdone right. sometimes. So. I think you just have meetings with the people that need to be at meetings, and then you get yeah. them over and done with as fast as you can. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's how you stay productive. But if you think about the you know being in a performance mind, like you have the right people in the right room for the right discussion with the right decision. Yeah, and then you move on. Yeah. Not okay, we'll kick this down the road and we'll come back next week and Yeah. And uh, you know, I've sat in rooms where there are twenty people in the room and three of them are talking. Yeah. You go, Well what are, what's everybody else? <laughs> why why yeah. why are you other yeah. people we actually just wasted, here? in corporate you do like well we just wasted twenty grand. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. You go, well, why are all you people here? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. Go <laughs> do some work in there, but just to hear somebody give me a hard time. Oh, God, that's so funny, isn't it? I've got a mate um I've got a mate Joe. <laughs> um, luckily, I would I would put him right in it and say his second name, but I don't know his second name. He's just Big Joey. He's about six foot four and he lives just near me in Port Melbourne. Right. And he's a friend of mine. The right reason his name's Big Joey is because he's a friend of my friend Joey. Yeah, yeah. who's just regular sized Joey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but Big Joey, I always bump into him. He's one of the nicest blokes, and he's a, he's a classic. I've had a couple of beers with him over the journey, and but we just we live right next to each other. And anyway, because it's been really nice weather the last couple of days, so. I was um, I was down the park working from my laptop in the sun three days ago, 
And he rolled in from work and he was like, oh, you bastard. Oh, what are you, you, you work? I'm like, man, I'm just in my office. Welcome. Sit down if you like. If you'd like. And then anyway, the next, day, the next day, I went for a surf. I started work really early. Then I went to go for a surf. And then I saw him in the afternoon. I'm coming back with surfboard. McKay. He's like, you haven't been surfing, have you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then the next day, I was working and he was knocking off. He'd finished work. He was riding his bike past me. I said, what are you doing? He goes, he, and this is the point about the corporate thing. He goes, I just put a bunch of bullshit uh, meetings in my calendar and I've just taken off for the day. So he booked in, he goes, I'm done. He booked in four hours worth of meetings and just went home. Fake meetings. Okay, so hopefully Big Joey's not identifiable to his boss at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, hopefully there's a few, there's a few Joes that are like, you know, six foot four and above and around Melbourne. Otherwise, I'm going to be getting in trouble. But... That's right. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so... Well, oh, the there is a lot of meeting for meeting's sake and there's a lot of bureaucracy. So, you, yeah. you, you know, I'm working with a lot more entrepreneurial people now than I probably have for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and entrepreneurial, not that corporates don't have entrepreneurs because I think they do. They have very, very good entrepreneurs. Yeah. But the, the system works against them. Yeah. So despite the ideas, they then have to go through the process. Yeah. Um, whereas you're actually able to be, and people I've met along the way over the last couple of years are much more flexible. Oh, yeah. They've got an idea. They go, oh, I'm always going to do that. Yeah, yeah. And you right. go, well, should, should we do some planning or risk management? Like, what yeah. is that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's but they're right. doing it. They are doing it. So I, my take on this is I watch and I listen. I go, oh, you've done the risk management. You've just done it in your head. And yeah. you've been through a whole series of this type of thing. Yeah. And you've gone tick, tick, tick. And... It looks okay. And you'll also cut it off quickly. Yeah. So what happens in some settings is there's so much investment in this, people have trouble turning it off. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so, that, so, you know... The, well, what's oh, Zuckerberg's thing? Move fast and break things. I think he doesn't swear by that anymore, but, yeah. um, you know... No, I think that's exactly right. And, mm. you know, well, it's a very old, you know, it's basic economics. Don't look at your sunk cost. Look at what the future... Yeah. You know, marginal returns going to be. Yeah. If it's not positive, well, don't kill your sunk costs. Yeah, don't don't right. put more money in it. It's just going to be a bigger pit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's interesting. So there's a couple <coughs> of things um, around, um, yeah, just... Uh, how's that music? Oh, that was just... Um, <laughs> next door just pumped, pumped it's the It's the ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that um, that... I've been looking into that I'm just fascinated by um, around um, wellness and um, and so forth in business. And two things um, that I really have only read like a small handful of articles and listened to a you know portion of one podcast and whatever. But the two things are four day work weeks, which is interesting. Yeah. And then the other is um, no, what would you call it? Never a never fire you policy. So there's um, obviously the four day work week is, um, and I'm talking about a true four day work week here, like 32, maybe 34 hours, you know, not yeah, four yeah. days, 10 hour days, yeah. like genuine four, four day work weeks. And the Netherlands, I believe, have this as an uh, I national. Think, yeah, there's a couple of, and uh, might, it might even be, oh, it's not four days, but I think in the Danish have a very structured view of work. Yeah. And they basically cut off at four o'clock or something like that yeah. and basically everybody almost not quiet but there's not a big gap between pays yeah so it's much more um i guess 
much more kind of social system. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's really... So there's no incentive to actually work 80 hours a week. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to get ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. But I listened to this... Um, I listened to... What was it? What was this never fire... No, you, never... Ne- yourself. Um, no, you'll never never fire an employee. Right. So you know that if you, if you put in, mm. we'll make things work for you and you'll always have a job here to yeah. provide for your family. So... There's, a, um, there's a, a couple of, like, there's a lot of really famous examples of it. Yeah. But um, the one, and I don't know the name of the company. It was a tech company. Um, it was the most recent example. And it was in a, it was in a book I read. So I'm obviously going to paraphrase and butcher yeah, yeah. half of this. But the whole idea was we hire people and people are inherently good, you know? People aren't inherently out to take the piss out of people. No. So if we hire somebody and they're not a perfect fit for the role, then we're a you know, profitable company. We're good operators. Then we'll find a way to get the best out of them. Yeah, you know, we're not gonna set goals where, all right, cool. By the end of quarter three, we have to have grown revenue by blah blah blah, and if we don't, we have to yeah. make cutbacks and, and whatever that is. Yeah, like that. That shouldn't. That's a shit system. Yeah. So, yeah. but this. But the funny thing with this um, policy of never firing anybody again was, as soon as they announced, you guys have jobs with us for life, and we will never fire anybody. That's the only thing they did. Well, right. I mean, obviously, that's a, you know, they're probably changing a lot of different things around the business, but that, that metric was basically kind of tracked major, from that point. Uh, yep. Yep. So they said, we're never going to fire anybody again. Yep. And their revenue or their growth, their um, growth trajectory, their speed of growth, what would you call it? Um, whatever. Yep. It speed grew by, yeah, it grew by like 23% year on year on year compared right. to their regular growth rate. Okay. Something right. like that. This yeah, is, yeah, a, yeah. as I said, I'm butchering, yeah, I'm butchering yeah, the right. example. But, yeah. but um, but it was quite fascinating to me. I was like, oh, well, because some companies wouldn't be able to do that because not, not every company is in a really good position where they, you know, they feel very yeah. comfortable with their survivability, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's cool. But I think as a general concept, I think it's quite fascinating that people, if they are told, hey, there's no reason for you to stress. We've got you. You're part of the family here and we'll look after you. People will actually do exceedingly well. Yeah. They'll do better. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'd love to... Oh, I really want to look more into four-day work week four stuff work. because I think that there's so much fluff. Yeah, there's so, even not in corporate, even just in a, a lean, you know, startup and so forth. There's still yeah. like if you because I said to Drew and Mads, I want to once we're at there's a certain goal that we want to we want to get to. It's not a large goal; it's really quite around the corner. But I want to um, look really heavily into the four-day work week, and I want to say to our team, I want to say, look, guys, we want to try and grow at the same rate. Yeah. But let's just do it in it. Let's just have an extra day off the week. time. Yeah. Well, this is a, you know, there's a principle around the, the work expands to fit the time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have less time, if you give yourself less time, you know, can you do the same amount of work? And yeah. generally most of us can if we, yeah. really, if we really push ourselves hard on yeah. that. Um, and I think, look, I think if you had it as a company principle, I think it's a kind of really important one. But then you would have to really set those boundaries around, that's great, but... I don't want you to then catch up on Friday or the expectation becomes you're going to catch up on Friday afternoon mm. or mm. Saturday morning or yeah. something about that. So that would be a very cultural change. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't work for some people. Yeah. So we've got to think about, we all work differently in different cultures and yeah. different ways. And some people just can't cope with the fact that they've got something that's not done. Oh, yeah, it'd work. It'd, no, you're right, for sure. <laughs> you know, that they sure. would have to... And then that starts to undermine that type of culture. Um, I, think, I think to get ourselves thinking, could we do more in less time, is a really important one. Because yeah. I see a lot of stuff, you know. Um, when you, you, 
the classic is if you go into the CBD and you go to those big buildings, you know, people will arrive around about nine, you know, eight thirty, eight eight to nine. Yeah. And then the first thing they'll do is they'll unpack their stuff and they'll come. And then I could wander downstairs with a coffee and have a with my mates. And then I go and have a lunch with their mates. And and whilst that might be half an hour, half 40 minutes, whatever, then they'll say, well, I had to stay till 7 o'clock. Mm. Or something. Well, maybe just have a few less coffees during the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just have them at your desk. Or, yeah. And I don't think you should eat at your desk all the time or anything like that. But I do think maybe you think about what's the trade-off between me stopping for 45 minutes yeah, to have a chat. For as sure. a, but on the other hand, relationships are important. So, yeah, no, But for sure. not do it two or three times a day. And I, yeah. So I think there's a bit of that goes on in, in the corporate world. and in, But there are a lot of stakeholders. So there are a lot of stakeholders that drive a lot of activity. Yeah. Um, so that drive, you know, oh. that kind of... But it is an Glad interesting one. Stakeholders. But, you know, the Danish thing is a really interesting one too where they, they have changed their whole... So they're much more, yeah, social kind of yeah. good culture. Yeah. Where, it's like socialist nearly. Yeah, that's that right. So it's not, so if you're a brain surgeon, you don't earn five times as much as if, um, you know. A bin surgeon. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, uh, and I'm probably butchering this example yeah. as well, right? But there is a lot in that. And, and they have a kind of fixed work week more view of it. And they have a lot, and their style's a lot different. Mm. But they do have a thing when you can see this at the moment with a lot of the refugee situation where they're quite adamant they don't want you know non-Danish people yeah. in the country because yeah. they, they're all kind of being supported mm-hmm. um, and they don't want to... You know, so there's a kind of a reverse um, racism in that one. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it is an interesting one for a, you know, that, that you can actually build a whole culture like that. So there is no advantage to saying, well, I'm going to work 60 hours a week yeah. compared to 40 or 38 or whatever it is or 35 mm. and um, it, you know and it is a good, interesting one for well-being but I think culturally in Australia we want to get ahead mm. so you, if you try to put something in that doesn't fit the culture you're going to make people unwell immediately mm. so if you think about that because you know Australians generally we like to get ahead yeah, but don't, so we, our expectation a, is not well, a human being thing, don't you think? Uh, I think different cultures are setting up themselves up differently. That they want to be that you know they're much more about the the group rather than the individual. Yeah, and I think if you look at it, my sense is Australia's become very much about the individual because mm. our you know our extended families are probably fracturing a bit, quite a lot. I think mm-hmm. um, we're we're quite mobile mm-hmm. we're quite mobile so we're probably not planted as much yeah. as we used to be yeah and so that makes it really irrelevant so if i'm so if i think about my kids if they're potentially going to spend some time over a hundred year life working overseas what's their interest in supporting the social welfare in australia and Mm. making sure everybody gets ahead and you know so which is that much more the danish thing where they don't they kind of stay more home and yeah 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 i feel like it is just um we just it's what you it's what you know and what you grew up with you know and i just think yeah. i have a, i have a, i just have a huge issue with so at athena we our one of our secondary hashtags or we have our hashtags are give back life hard work is for losers and the anti-hustle Yep. And it's like, a, you know, it's a play on obviously. Just yeah, push, yeah, yeah, it's a right. pushback. But it's a pushback not because it's a good for marketing. 
not that we've done much with it, but it's a pushback because I think it's rubbish, you know, how much we, we agree to work 38 hours yep. and then we work 50 plus, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I don't mind, like, uh, like, I, 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 I sorry, sorry, my, um, didn't finish my sentence. I don't mind working, you know, no, no. I'm happy to work and I think it's important that you do work, but ideally in a utopian society i think everyone should be working 25 hours and everyone should be you know learning that guitar that they wanted to learn yeah spending time visiting their grandma who they haven't seen in bloody ages oh, spending a bit more go, time with their kids going and, out in nature yeah, yeah that's right so and that's because that's a common thing that i hear and see is people going well i'm really doing well at work but i'm not doing as well on the family side yeah and that's part of the discussions that we have with it is part of the discussion i'm realistic about it yeah Right, so you're kind of searching for a much better answer. Yeah, I'm utopic about it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> realistic, and I'm going right. Yes, right. Well, I'll just make shit up now. No, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm realistic about it. The world's not going to change overnight. No, but individually we can change. That's right. And if we pull ourselves back a little bit and go, oh yeah, my boss is working forty hours, not sixty, mm-hmm. and that person's you know getting stuff done. Yep. I'm feeling good. Um, they're supporting me about being, um, you know, leaving on time. They're mm-hmm. allowing me... You know, Four-day work week is much about flexibility across the week as well. So yeah. it might be five days, but four days across yeah. flex. Yeah. You know, and I'm picking up my... And I was speaking to a lady the other day whose whole team is mothers mm-hmm. and they work between tw- 10, and, 10 and 3. Yep. And that's their, you know, so the whole business revolves around that, which is kind of similar to what you, and so she specifically works, she's a mother and she specifically works with mothers because in her team, because they, they all need to do the same thing. Yeah. And because they all need to do the same thing, it really works. Culturally, it's a good fit for them. Yeah. But you know, it is, I'm realistic. I think the, the long hours are here and it's hard to say, you know, I'm not going to walk into BHP and say, right, you know what? I think for your well-being, you should only work 30 hours a week. Everyone yeah. should work 30 hours a week. Yeah. And they go, okay, well, let's talk about the next person who's going to do well-being. <laughs> yeah, and, that's right. But I think it's a performance <laughs> thing because there are shareholders. You've got a super fund. Mm-hmm. All those people that are working ridiculous hours, they're all supplying your super returns. Yeah. And so there's a whole thing in this and, and yeah. we it's not going to change overnight. I think if we change individuals and teams then we start spreading a different view of the world. Yeah. And that's kind of where I, that's where I came from originally mm-hmm. in this whole game is like, if I can touch individuals, if I can increase their longevity in their career, but then part, they get passed that on to their yeah, teams. Yeah, that's right. And then does that, that kind of is a small change over time? Yeah, well, rather that's how things change. Yeah, that's right. That's, and that's why when I spoke to Drew Mads, I said, I want us to be an example of how work should be done. Yeah, well, that's know? a and great thing to do. And that's, you know, and because... You know, I, I want... Isn't that, isn't that kind of your thing here? Vision. Vision, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, exactly what our vision is because yeah, we yeah. can't control being the biggest company mm. in the world. We can control being PR worthy yeah, on yeah. how we do business. That's you right. Know, you know yep. what I mean? Yep. And that's because at the end of the day, politicians and governments and so forth, like businesses change the world, you know? Hey, but, politicians don't change the world. They do. No, they don't. No, they don't. Have a look at the uh, Brexit thing. Yeah, yeah. They're all voting to not vote, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> How yeah. can we not vote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> for, for, but people can, and, and through business, business can you know, change how we do things. So yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Like everything's entrenched, fully, fully entrenched. Yeah. But there's a lot of companies that, that, that you know, will continue to come through that are trying to do things differently. And we're not 
breaking the wheel and turning things upside down and turning no. them on their heads. We're just we're just trying to be somewhat realistic with a with a you know yep. with a look to the future and and we haven't done it yet. We haven't done a lot of the stuff we're planning. The four day work week might not work, whatever. But I. I think we have control. If we're to do anything PR worthy, we might do PR worthy revenue. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Can't, but but we can really drive towards creating, you know, the lifestyle that we want to live as the directors, and then our team, you know, as well. Well, and I think it's a good. And every company needs to have a few things that they're trying to stretch on. Yeah, you know, and I think that there is that bit, and I've seen that happen time and time again. People ask for extensions of projects or whatever. And then invariably the project takes that extension time. Yeah, it's not because it's it's we've now got that yeah. time. It's right? it's, so um, it's not it's about the, it's the, there's a law, and I always forget. There is I forget what the law is called. Yeah, well, but it's there is the law a of living within your means. It works yeah. with time. It works <clears throat> with money. It works with yeah. whatever. It's the have you read Profit First by Mike Michalowicz? No, uh, it's just about paying yourself first. So if you want yeah. to be ten percent profitable in the month, put that ten percent in your bank account, yeah. and everything else will work itself out. Yeah, and that's. Because you will live within your own means. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and with Adventure Fit, my previous company, we were like, we'd we'd make every trip that we ran, we would have a dollar in the bank account at the end. And I used to always <laughs> think to myself, wow, this is so coincidental that every single time, you know, like, but it is truly a perfect example of living within your means. Yeah. And and yeah, so I think the same is applied to time. So, but yeah, cool. So, well, let's talk about this wellness um, wellness stuff, Jack. So yeah, yeah. So. This wellness program that, that, that you're creating. So, is this for um, is this for leaders? Is it for um, genuine? Um, is it for anybody? Like, it's, to- well, it's targeted at leaders, yep. really. And and the reason for that is because I um, I mean, it could probably be applied to anyone, but to be honest, I, I target at leaders. And the reason for that is um, and it, not at any scale, just people who lead and the reason for that is I kind of felt like a, one of the sweet spots for me was I understand leadership and I understand the well wellness and well-being thing yeah and I thought change could come from the leadership yeah all right so that was down. kind of I was trying to get a I am trying to get a bigger change yeah but let's get the leaders sorted out because they will then if they find something good they'll pass That's it right. through their people 100%. and as you said there's a lot of role modeling from the bottom upwards yep. you know so people's what they see is what they role model and so we and i keep tinkering with how this will work but effectively um because i've kind of run it as a full day program and i've run it as a short uh, workshop plus some webinars and so we'll keep tinkering to, to get the offering right for people yeah but even aside from but the offering uh, like just yeah what is what's involved you, yeah you know, so like? well-being for me is we focus on purpose mindset because I think mindset's really important. So how you talk to yourself, mm-hmm. um, how you talk to other people, how you view what's important to you and, and that. I think that's a really important one. And then uh, I put really wellness as a subset there. And then unpacking wellness, we talk about nutrition. Mm-hmm. And nutrition specifically for people that are knowledge workers. Yeah. So... You know, I think we've done a lot. I've done a lot of research around how do I get my brain working better during the day. Oh right. And how do I? And what food do I eat? How do? When do I mental eat acuity. it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's getting that that real mental sharpness. So doing Ooh. done a lot around that, and we kind of share a lot of that. Um, and like most things, it's not rocket science because mm. you know there's only one thing that's rocket science. Rocket science. Rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, um, but that and so movement, so you know, getting some movement in, and it doesn't have to be uh, like you know, you and I do 
probably a fair bit, but we don't doesn't have to be to that level. We're but, elite athletes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right up there. <laughs> well, I just feel like... You I'm, can just come out and say it, mate. I, just, we're, I, just, we're, I feel we're, like we're I'm elite. at the gym all we're the time. <laughs> My wife keeps going, are you at the gym again? It's like, oh, no, well, I've got the comp coming up. You know? And uh, um, it's really important. And, um, yeah, so movement, sleep. I think sleep's a really important one. Yeah. Uh, the first time I ever looked up um, how do I boost my immune system? Yeah. Everything, I was looking for the magic pill. Yeah. That was like everyone. And I was looking, Googling, Googling, and all that ever came up was sleep studies. Yeah. And so I eventually went into Harvard Medical and read all their studies. And I was like, ah. So basically, the best way to fix your immune system is to sleep. Yeah. And so I went through that. So sleep, I think, is a really critical one. And, and, humongous. And leaders are notoriously bad at it. Yeah. Because they're under pressure, so they have yeah. trouble switching off, yeah. and and kind of work with that a little bit um, to talk about and talk a little bit about circadian rhythms mm-hmm. um, around how that affects your sleep, but also how you, you know the time you go to bed or the moment you go to bed affects how your next day's performance is going to be. So it's mm-hmm. not when you wake up; it's kind of the actual process of going to bed affects mm. your next day's performance mm. and the day after and the mm. day after so there's a lot of because it takes quite a few days to recover from a poor sleep cycle yeah anyway so we talk about sleep and uh, habits so uh, mm. i'm really big on habits because one of the big things is it's hard to so you can know everything in fact most people probably know everything there is to know about a lot of these topics yeah um but putting it into practice yeah and so um, I've been deep diving a lot into habits um, and how to help people track their habits and build new habits and what mm-hmm. that's all about and some of the mental game around habits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like most things, I researched that on myself and you know, broke a few habits and built yeah. some new ones. And so that's been good. But that's kind of the, the things we cover. Um, and when I say it's a kind of a leadership view, because the mindset is all about the leadership mindset mm-hmm. and then purpose is all about so why why are we doing what we're doing because mm. without purpose I, I still believe and uh, you know purpose might, could be meaning but meaning's got its own kind of connotations to mm. it but if without meaning wh- why do we do anything yeah right so we don't do anything without meaning oh it's the biggest question in life really isn't it like, that's right well what is this all about yeah so you, you see know, how grand so this is the problem meanings are kind of so that's it. Meaning's a loaded question, mm. or loaded word. So you've gone straight to the highest version. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I just meant was you know. I've gone. Why to, what I, is the meaning of why life? Am I, yeah. <laughs> so, and could simply be, you know, what well, I just don't want to feel tired at the end of the day. Yeah. And a lot of people talk to me about that. I say, well, one of the problems I have is I've done great at work, but I get home, I haven't got any energy left for my family. Mm. And how do I? blend the two together yeah and some of that's about working less but some of it's also about you know working smarter which is mindset mm. and then under you know the mindset around working long hours versus shorter hours and then also about just how do you fuel yourself because i you know there's a classic um of you know i fuel myself with coffee and caffeine and you know whatever mm-hmm. red bull mm-hmm. and then i'm so wide you know just to get through the day because I haven't really fueled myself cleanly. Yeah. And then, so at the end of the day, I need a couple of drinks to wind back down. Yeah. And then we know alcohol kicks in kind of in the middle of the night and wakes you back up. Mm, you sleep. So, um, you know, but that, that is actually a, uh, 
I think that's a regular, a lot of people do experience that kind of thing where they yeah. have the couple of drinks to wind down to yeah, get over so some of the regular. other stuff. And then, but it's got its own problems attached to it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's, not a, it's not a healthy <laughs> thing. Alcohol is a poison. So, so as soon as somebody says, I need a couple, of, I need a lot, but I need a drink to wind down, you yeah, go, well, okay, well, what's, what is that? Yeah, so what is, what's the cause of that? Mm. Why is that? And there's something else. And sometimes people may actually have, uh, you know, more deep-seated issues, which I don't, I'm, yeah, not, I'm just, not a psychologist. I don't know. I'm just yeah. dealing with healthy people that want to do better. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, be be at their peak. That's that's what we want to do, and we want to try and get that spread out through the community. So, let me just ask you, um, in the interest of time, because you know you listed probably eight elements. Yeah, a bunch of things. Yeah, a bunch of things there. If you were to pick two or three that are most exciting, you like, or well, top two, whatever. Like for yeah, me, yeah. sleep is one of them. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, you know, I try and give myself. Eight eight hours, eight hours, yep. fifteen of sleep opportunity. You know, yep. can't always yep. guarantee when I'm going to sleep. No, no. But, yep. but I try, and I've always, I've always been on the side of like seven to seven and a half hours. Probably yep. seven hours, probably been my average for the last five ten years. Yeah. But now I try and give myself eight, 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 eight and a quarter hours, and it's crazy the difference you feel recovery wise. Oh, it makes a huge difference. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's Absolutely. a massive one for me. But but like. Out of everything you mentioned, like yeah, what, a, what, what is the, a bit of a bit of a deep dive in some stuff that you've been doing personally with yourself, or stuff that's yeah, got you the yeah. most fired up? Um, the two things that really I think made the biggest, I sleep definitely made a difference. But yeah. I think the two things that made the biggest difference was mind, mindset mm-hmm. and getting my mindset right and getting my self talk under control. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us an example of that. Like what? Are you a negative self talker, or you're you're in, uh, in the past, or yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it definitely can be. Yeah, and um, uh, well, an example for me was even yesterday I was talking to Alex at the gym because I was doing the squats, and I was saying, oh, it's just amazing. A couple of months ago, I just you know did over a hundred kilos for the first time, which in our gym is not a very big amount, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> for me don't personally, say that. these people just don't know Jack. <laughs> they, don't, <laughs> they don't know the difference. But no, but you know, I, I go and and mentally that was a mindset for me was hundred gym. Oh god, oh my god, hundred kilos is a lot. I'm not sure I'll get back up. And yeah. I had I had that ticking in my head for months. Yeah. And now we and and yesterday. You know, I was basically warming up and that kind of all 100 kilos mark to get ready for my peaking for the comp. Yeah. And so we, and Alex dragged me out to 110. Yeah. And there's still, you know, that was going to, you know, still more left. But my mind, I was talking to Alex about, it's, oh, it's amazing how your mindset, because I did a whole movie rewind on my fear of this mm-hmm. and reinterpreted it mm-hmm. and then said, and that became my, you know, added new resources to that, that uh, about my skill level and and understanding and then changed so, so changed what, my mindset uh, all right okay so when you say you did a movie rewind and you added more <laughs> resources um yeah dive into that a little bit because i okay. don't know what you mean by that okay so so, so most of us i think will will talk to ourselves and we'll either play a movie or a soundtrack right around what that looks like so okay. some of our biggest fears if you think about some things that you may fear or get worried about mm-hmm. and you close your eyes and you thought about it, you probably see some picture come up in your mind and a mo- or a movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I get, I get or a feeling, right? Yeah. So and it, might, or it might be a soundtrack because it depends if you're visual or oral. Or yeah, right. Oral. And so then um, thinking about that, and I, I, I could 
detail that mm -hmm. and I'm a very visual person. Um, but I also know I've got a whole lot of resources around resilience about overcoming mm -hmm. and my ability to actually, and my confidence in myself to overcome things. Mm -hmm. So I can build that up as an emotion mm -hmm. and while I'm rewinding that movie and saying, well, I'm no longer the person who's scared of this, mm -hmm. I can add that positive emotion to it yep. and suddenly I no longer, it's almost like a phobia cure, right? And yep. you're basically now no longer um, concerned about Right, you know, and you, so you that, just that, call that, back that, on your memory, and you build in times like, okay, yep. cool, I'm worried about this, but I remember a time when I was able to actually yep. X, Y, and Z, and then add, right. also I did this, and I was really positive. Yeah, and create the emotion. So right. it's about emotion, because you know, I think most of the stuff we do is based on emotion. Yeah. So we we build those emotions up, and then um, the ability to do that, and then you know, I'd have probably did that. I would say I didn't do that once. I probably might have done it a hundred times. Yeah, right. Over a period of time. And yep. just before I was doing the squats and now I don't worry about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow, just a program. So I've reprogrammed myself from being afraid to, you know, excited about Jack it. Jack Lou, the, the, the self-reprogram. <laughs> so that's a skill. So that's kind of what we... No, that's so that's why mindset's important. And the other thing about mindset is uh, I didn't... I, I was really deeply into meditation for a long time. Um because I really needed just to clean out, uh, I think, a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think the, one of the best ways to do that is, in, you know, meditate through. Mm -hmm. And it's not a kind of spiritual thing or anything like that, but it's just very much around just clearing the decks yep. and being, having more availability. It's like cleaning your wardrobe. You know, if you clean your wardrobe out, yeah. suddenly you've got availability to get stuff yeah, that you really space, want. Yeah. Space for new ideas and thoughts. That's right. Yeah. And it's the same thing. So I think those things and meditation is not for everyone, but there are different ways to, to achieve the same yeah. thing. And, um, and the nutrition side. So I really work on the nutrition side around, on myself. And, you know, I started thinking through and reading about you know like a standard diet is not the appropriate standard diet and no. particularly if you're trying to in initiate your brain mm -hmm. and there are much better ways um to feed feed your body um i've heard you talk about the butter coffee yeah like keto, the keto diet bullet bulletproof bullet coffee, coffee yeah. and i don't do that all the time but i know if i did it if i've got something really important on like this morning, Bill. <laughs> uh, I, you I, got a meeting after this, have you? <laughs> like, you know, I have the bulletproof coffee, and uh, so I'm lucky because I've got you know the espresso machine at home and yeah, yeah. make it up. And, yeah. and but I think that does make a difference, and uh, and even you know things like intermittent fasting makes your brain, I think, a lot sharper. Yeah, yeah, I heard really good results from intermittent, yeah, intermittent fasting. Yeah, so if you do that properly, so there's a process around that. But if you do it well. I think that sharpens your brain a whole lot better than you know, pretty much anything else you can do. Yeah, right. Yeah, interesting. All right, cool. Well, I think um, that's um, nearly nearly a wrap, I reckon, Jack. So, okay, mate. Um, is there anything um, anything that you wanted to add? We'll throw to we'll throw to um, you know where can people find you and stuff. But is yep. there any, anything? Um, Anything, where would you like to say, one thing I probably should finish with, I guess, yeah, yeah. is where would you like to see, you know, yourself with all this in, in five or ten years? Five or ten years? Mm, two years, whatever. I uh, yeah, look, I, what I would like to see is just a community of leaders that are really interested in well-being. Yeah. Not from a kind of tick-the-box perspective and not from a well-being for the sake of well-being, but, you know, well-being leveraged into performance. Yeah, cool. And I think that, could change 
could change a lot of dynamics in businesses and mm-hmm. in the community and that's what I'd like to see and if we could you know slowly pull a community together like that that just wants to keep advancing that that'd be uh, that'd be a really you know be kind of the optimal outcome mm, absolutely that'd be great mm. Mm. I'm glad somebody's working on it <laughs> all right Jack well um, lastly where can people find you so any information about um you know, if they want to get in contact or anything that you want to plug, you know, yep. go for it. Um, well, uh, my website's jackdelue.com, so it's easy to find. Yep, if that's L-E-E-U-W, <laughs> really easy to find, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, that, that is probably the best part. And I'm on LinkedIn, and I post quite a lot of articles on LinkedIn on about well-being and mindset and leadership. Cool, no worries. Well, Jack, Bye. thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you. And thanks. that's a wrap. Alrighty guys, if you enjoyed that show, please support us. Uh, There's many ways you can support the show. You can support the show by telling a friend. You can support the show by commenting on our social media, tagging a mate. You can support the show by subscribing. So all good platforms for podcasts we're we're, uh, available on. So uh, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, And also you can subscribe via YouTube at Bill Kerr TV. Also, don't forget to check out trueprotein.com today. Use the code BRO for 10% off. Check out au.yeti.com forward slash BRO to check out the best coolers in the business. And then check out athena.co, A-T-H-Y-N-A and use the code BRO when you inquire um, to chat about a live demo for, uh, for, for building your team. And use the code BRO and you'll get 20 hours free of uh, virtual assistant services with us. This has been Philosophy Through the Eyes of an Idiot. And see you next week.